Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. I'm April Ryan with On the Record. House Democrats are releasing the testimony of key impeachment witnesses as there's more information, more twists and turns as it relates to all of this impeachment inquiry and the impeachment process. I talked to Republican strategist Shermichael Singleton. I mean, I think uh, from my understanding, I've been talking with a few colleagues of mine who work on the Hill, some for, you know, various members on the House side, but most of them are on the Senate side. And these are folks that I met when I was helping a cabinet secretary get through the confirmation process. So these are people who are actively working for elected Republicans in the Senate. And I got to tell you, April, when I talk with some of these guys about how their members feel internally and behind closed doors about what's going on, people are concerned. And that's why you see on the, on the Senate side, not the House side, the House is very different, but on the Senate side, you see a lot of Republicans who are very, very skeptical about publicly saying much of anything, defending the president. If you've noticed, you've been around this town a long time. Mitch McConnell hasn't really said anything publicly, April. He's remained pretty quiet for the most part. A lot of others in leadership have remained quiet for the most part. You'll sort of see some pronouncements of some soft, defenses of the president here and there. But for the most part, when you get into the nuances of this, as it pertains to Giuliani, as it pertains to Secretary uh, Mike Pompeo, people aren't saying much of anything on this because there is legitimate concern, the concern that Giuliani, who's sort of been acting as a de facto Secretary of State, could have been acting in a way that isn't entirely legal. And, and there are some folks that are behind closed doors wondering if Giuliani may find himself indicted soon. And this just isn't my opinion. A friend of mine told me this several weeks ago, and, and a week or two later after that conversation, it was reported in the news that it, Giuliani was being investigated. Um, so I just think a lot of Republicans are very concerned about defending this president. They're concerned about where things are going, but it ultimately comes down to what Republican voters are saying. And so far, April, he still has about 90% approval uh, from Republican voters. And because of that support, most Republicans are too fearful to publicly speak out against this president, with the exception of Mitt Romney, because they are concerned about the potential political backlash they could face in their home district. And there are several Republicans running uh, next, up for re-election next year that are going to be running in very, very competitive races where every single vote is going to count, and crossing Donald Trump certainly would not help some of those vulnerable Republican senators. So if the House does indeed impeach, uh, articles of impeachment are drawn up and they impeach, you, you don't believe many Republicans will defect uh, in the No, Senate. I don't. No, I, I think at most, and there have been some debate about this publicly among Republican strategists and operatives, particularly those who have been rather outspoken and vocal against the president because of many of his behaviors as it pertains to institutions and norms. 
Some believe that you will see a significant number. I don't believe that to be true, at least looking at um, how certain members have voted in the past when the president has sort of found himself in trouble, although this is a lot different. I think at most you may see two to three uh, Republican senators possibly voting uh, to confirm or, or voting for, rather, I should say, conviction against this president. Uh, but even that may be generous because, again, you think about 2020, it's an election year. Mitch McConnell's number one duty, although he's been sort of out, not uh, speaking publicly out about this, his number one duty is trying to make sure he maintains his leadership in the Senate. And the only way you can do that is to make sure that those Republican senators have strong support from the base, because ultimately it's going to come down to turnout. That's what's going to de- decide which direction 2020 goes, not just the White House, but also in the Senate, because there's over 20 Republican seats up for re-election. Democrats have, I believe, only 12. Uh, so McConnell's concerned about that. And so when you're thinking about this politically, you may say, you know what, what the guy is doing is unethical. It may even be illegal. But when you think about it in the political terms, I think that sort of changes the dynamics. And I'm not saying, April, that that we should sort of, I guess, subdue our moral and ethical standards for politics. But the reality is, and you know this so very well, that politics is all about self-preservation, regardless of right or left. And politicians want to get reelected. They want to remain in office. They want to maintain their power. And if voting in a certain manner could potentially risk or jeopardize that power, they're not going to do it. And so that's why I'm not confident that you'll see a significant percentage of Republicans voting to convict this president. I think the only way that could change is if you see movement in the numbers by registered Republican voters. And I just don't foresee that happening. There's been nothing this president has done thus far that would lead me to believe Republican voters wouldn't back or support him. I just don't see that happening. So, and lastly, let's get to the election. Um, You have white college-educated Americans who are pulling away from this president, but you Mm -hmm. have those white people who are not college-educated staying with the president. Do you believe in the the straw holes approach or or polling that we're seeing today, Joe Biden would beat the president in the swing states? Yep. Does this president have a chance? I think if Joe Biden is a Democratic nominee i think joe biden coupled with likely a an african-american woman i think that would be a dynamic team i think those odds would make it incredibly difficult um for the president to win because not only are you energizing the strongest base of support for the democratic party which is african-american women but you also have an older white statesman who sort of brings that comfortability factor which I would argue is key when trying to win some of those swing states, Midwestern states, as we know, which are primarily majority white. But you also have some small pockets in those states where African-Americans exist that we saw in 2016 did not turn out in the type of numbers they did previously for Obama, for Hillary Clinton. I think having an African-American woman on the ticket could likely increase those numbers. Donald Trump in 2016 found himself in a very interesting dichotomy, right? He found himself running against someone, Hillary Clinton, despite all of her qualifications on paper, 
I would argue my side, and I think you would agree with this, we've done a very great job of painting her as this negative character over, what, 20 years, I would argue. Uh, and so I think you have that coupled with the Obama presidency, usually after eight years of a party uh, having power in the White House, it's not unusual for the other party to take, uh, to take control. So, so that wasn't a, a big surprise to me there, despite all of Donald Trump's crazy and absurd pronouncements. However, I don't think, April, though, that a dichotomy that existed in 2016 will exist in 2020, unless, I would argue, unless Democrats choose such a polarizing candidate uh, that it, it plays into Donald Trump's hands. But you look at the margins by which he won in places like Michigan, uh, places like Pennsylvania, uh, places like Ohio, Wisconsin. He did not win by very large margins. You're talking about 10,000 votes in some states, 44,000 votes. When you break that down to percent, that's like 2, 3, 4%. Not healthy margins for someone who's looking to run and win with a strong victory. Now, the only thing that sort of benefits him is the economy. And, and I know typically, you know, there's an old saying by James Carville, that the economy is stupid. If the economy is great, typically a president will be reelected. That's sort of been the history for the past 100 years. But I think Trump has been such a polarizing figure in spite of the economy doing well, also coupled with his inability to expand beyond that 35 or 40 percent of base support. I think Democrats, again, with the right nominee, the right uh, VP candidate, that, that perfect ticket, if you will, I think they have the most uh, capability to sort of expand, if you will, uh, their ability to outreach, target, and mobilize voters that could uh, reveal itself and showcase itself to be an upset to this president in, in 2020. But again, I, I think it ultimately falls on who the nominee is. And, and that's why I've been so vocal. Granted, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Republican. But I've been vocal in giving some advice publicly to Democrats to say, guys, I know what your base is asking for, but you have to be smart with how you beat this guy. Look at the counties that he won, April. Look at the places that he flipped that Obama won and figure out what is it there? What was it about this guy and his messaging and his targeting and his mobilization of those people that caused them to switch from Democrat to Republican and what type of candidate could have the saliency necessary to bring some of those people back? And, and I think you mentioned Biden. I think Biden is probably the best candidate coupled with an African-American woman. Maybe it's Kamala Harris. Maybe it's Stacey Abrams out of Georgia, who I think excites a lot of Democratic voters. But again, I, I think if that ticket exists in 2020, I would be extremely concerned if I was this president. I have friends that work on his reelection campaign, and I can tell you for a fact, if it is that type of ticket, some of them are concerned about the uphill battle this president will have facing a Joe Biden and a potential African-American woman VP, because I think you do bring in that energy and excitement that Democrats will need in 2020 to potentially take back the White House. We'll see. I mean, Trump can, can be a, a man full of surprises. He can pull a lot of tricks out of his bag. So I think, I think April, this is Democrats' election to lose. I don't think the economy is enough for Trump to get reelected because, again, it's not about the popular vote. That's what people keep forgetting. It's about that electoral college, which is why I said focus on those counties that he won. 
you, you have to win enough counties to total up or tally up, rather, the, the right amount of electoral votes that you need. And you need a type of candidate like a Joe Biden, like I said, he's sort of, you know, it's, he's a salient guy. Those white people are comfortable with him. I think you have that coupled with a minority. I just think that would be really, really hard to beat when you think about the Electoral College. Screw the popular vote. That doesn't even really matter. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.